Boom. Here with Rev today, August, no. Yep. August 11th. 11th. 12th. 12th. <laughs> New moon. Full moon. Uh, last super moon of 2022 and the height of the precise meteor shower tonight. Whoa, the height of the meteor shower. So we're in a cosmic confluence. And I've been noticing that ever since I got to Washington State. Um, but um, Johnny D has graciously asked me and offered me the space to tell my story. And I've been wanting to tell it to him and Sky and the tribe. Uh, so here's as good a shot as we're going to get. Um, we're sitting in a car in the trees right now and just uh, chatting it up and laughing and scratching. And I just got to the part where it is now as we fade in. Valentine's Day weekend, February 12th, 2000, turn of the millennium. Uh, I am uh, working as a ski patroller at Snow Summit in Southern California in the San Bernardino National Forest. Um, it's around 11 o'clock in the morning, and it's snowing. And an El Nino system is coming in. This is one of the most powerful El Nino fronts mm. in one of the biggest this El Nino El years Nino time. we've had. I remember that. Okay. Uh, so it was extraordinarily powerful, and the storm had already begun, um, and it was more was coming. Uh, 11 o'clock in the morning, it's my time to go down on my hill check, and I'm skiing down Ego Trip past Chair 3, down a comeback trail on the Lower Summit Run, which is currently closed off. Because when it snows, we also run our snow guns to make artificial snow. And that way we increase the base and keep it going until Easter. So the area is closed. The reason I have to go down there is because the snowboarders usually poach it. Anytime we've got the guns on, anytime it's snowing, they're looking for fresh tracks. So we're going out there. I'm basically going down there to look for people we got to dig out. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and, um, nobody's around. It's all good. Everything's all equipment. Everything's sound. Snow guns are working great. Crews have the hill in order. And I'm cruising out of there around the last turn, uh, coming up to and beside the last snow gun on the run before it opens up onto a main face and heads down to the base lodge. I, at that point, um, hook my skis under a buried fire hose that's pumping water into the bottom snow gun and it's full of water it weighs a ton um and my skis and boots and feet run underneath that buried hose um and i get cut off at the ankles my bindings um yeah let's hear it for nordica bindings <laughs> uh did exactly what they're supposed to do released at the heel I catapulted forward through the air in an inscribed arc, and I presume I'm going to do a three-quarter somersault, land on my bag, dust off, wave to the people on the lift, and say, don't try this at home, kids. This man's a professional. <laughs> <coughs> not the way it went down today. Um, I did not complete the arc or the rotation, and I landed pile drive head first into the ground. Uh, as soon as I made contact with Mother Earth, a bomb went off in my body, huh. um, literally, as though someone had lit a stick of dynamite in, in the center of my body, and I was now blown apart and being scattered like confetti in the wind. Um, I had a sense of being, of tumbling or being tumbled through space like a rag doll. Huh. And during the trip, um, 
at some point I came to rest. But at that point I was, for at least for a moment, I don't know how long, completely unaware because I was in that space that they've come to identify as a near-death experience, an NDE. Uh, because where I went was not a chorus of angels, not a bright column of light, not an ascending golden stair, not the uh, Mormon Tabernacle Youth Choir. <laughs> I went to a place of white. Mm. And I went to a place of silence, but silence so silent I remember that the silence had a hum. Mm. And there was nothing else, there was no other sound. And there were lifts and people and laughing and scratching on the hill and and music playing and all of that went away and I was in white and silence. Wow. Um, then the lights started to come back on and I realized I'm lying face down and I'm looking up the hill. Okay. Um, and I'm still chewing gum. I have gum in my mouth and my jaw is kind of working the gum. And okay. I'm looking up and thinking about what just happened. And I can see it very clearly um, as though maybe I didn't lose consciousness. I had no retrograde amnesia. I could see it frame by frame exactly what happened. Mm, Coming yeah. down, you could remember getting it. stopped, yep. getting hooked, blowing out of my bindings, <clears throat> and the head plant and the sensation of the explosion mm. in my body. Um, and so at this point, I'm kind of assessing. I'm a professional. I'm self-assessing, you know, okay. the injury. And I go, okay, it wasn't going all that fast, 15, 20 maybe. And uh, yeah, I banged my head, rang my bell real good. Never felt it quite like that in my body. But I have taken a punch before, and a good one feels like that. And so I go to get up. And that's when I realize nothing's happening from the neck down. Mm. I can't feel... I can't move, and I can't breathe. There is nothing from the neck down. Hmm. Um, and I'm just registering this. Um, let's face it, I was dying. Hmm. And, um, you know, I know enough about the body to know that in a, in a crushing injury like that, it's the same similar mechanism as what happened to Chris Reeve. Um, you know, the body is, is finished. And uh, the inability to breathe has to do with crushing the phrenic nerve, which controls your autonomic breathing. Mm. So all this information is flashing through my head um, as my lights are going out. And I look up and I see my dad standing there. Um, very strange place for my dad to be because he's not a skier. <laughs> mm. um, you know, never big on the outdoors and um, He's been dead for seven years. And he's standing there looking. He's not a ghostly woo-woo, doesn't look ethereal. He looks like my dad standing there in his old yellow members-only jacket and his brown pants. And he looks like he just come out for a walk. Except he looks young. He looks about like late 30s, like okay. 37 years old and in perfect physical shape. Okay. But yellow members-only jacket, pale yellow, faded from a million laundries and his old brown khaki, you know, casual pants. And he's standing there on the snow, maybe 20, 30 feet away, and he's looking at me. And somehow I'm not surprised to see him, but I can't articulate, I can't speak, there's no words coming about, but somehow I communicate the message. What do I do now? Meaning, 
how do I come higher on the mountain where you are? Because you're obviously here to show me the way. Okay. And um, he says these words. Um, maybe the most important things he ever said to me. He said, just breathe. Just breathe. Just breathe. And I looked down. And just right as he, it was like a cue, my chest is starting to rise and fall on its own. And warm vapor is puffing in and out of my nose and mouth, and I'm breathing again. Wow. And it wasn't my, I didn't choose it, it wasn't of my own volition. It was like, it came, breathe. It came in. It was, wow. It was yeah. a command of the okay. breath. Exactly. Breathe. Wow. So, um, so I'm breathing. And now I'm tuning in and I'm starting to hear the radio traffic again. Uh, by the clock and the reports, it was six minutes from the time the incident took place at, wait for it, 11.11 a.m. Six minutes later at 11.17, the crew, the rest of the patrollers show up on scene. Uh, these guys are the best of the best. Certified patrollers, most of them. Um, paramedic level patrollers. We had two paramedics on the team. And we had leading the first on scene, the, the, the leaders, uh, and the leader was Eddie Michalajczyk who is the minister of a 900-person congregation in Huntington Beach in Southern California. His two deacons, Alex and Chuck, and uh, we had um, Josh, Scott, and Rick, all of whom my best friends, guys I would trust with my life or my family's mm -hmm. life, anywhere, anywhere in the mountains, so anywhere. Uh, the best of the best. And the, th the preacher, uh, Mike, uh, Eddie, and his two deacons, Alex and Chuck, we call the God Squad. Okay. Okay. And they're the ones who, all, who always shows <laughs> up when the presence of that energy is needed. Okay. Um, so just play the numbers for a second. We've got 150 patrollers who might be on the hill on any given weekend, holiday day. We're slammed. It's Valentine's Day weekend. Okay. Okay. And I'm up here and my wife is down the hill and we're spending Valentine's Day apart because of, you know, whatever we were going through, it was just better for me to be up here. And uh, so there's that as well in the background. Mm. Uh, I wasn't necessarily a happy camper when I went up there. Mm. And part of my sadhana or my work on the mountain was about that. It was about my own peace, my own self-reliance, my own ability to stand to deliver when things get tough. Mm. Uh, made me a lot of what, the man that I am now and certainly put me in practice. Um, and so um, the guys show up six minutes later and they go to work and start to stabilize me and get me ready for the trip down the hill they call for the chopper can't come in weather's too bad uh we'll continue with updates get them to the hospital paramedics are on scene already waiting um so we reach the point in the scenario that's what we call them where uh they're going to roll me over now into the backboard Okay. And I've got on a hard C collar. I've got on O2. Um, and they're getting ready to just, you know, six, a team of six is now going to roll me onto the board and put me in the toboggan and get me ready for the ride out of there. Okay. All right. So they execute the log roll. I come over on my back for the first time. I, I'm looking up at the sky and at the faces of my brothers around me. And I can see by the looks on their faces that um, we're into what we technically call some really bad shit. Okay. Okay. 
and uh, they're also responding, it's a brother, it's one of our own, you know, I mean, we're, we're all feeling this, we're all in it together. And just at that moment, when they first get me over on my back, listen for this one, it's worthwhile. The clouds parted, the heavens opened up. Huh. Uh, for a moment where we were, it was like, you know, it's like, like, like the cone of light. Mm. It stopped snowing, mm. though it's still snowing all around yeah, us. Like, and whoa. you can still see the gray skies and the clouds and the blizzard coming in and everything. But, just like, but we are in like a diagonal shaft of golden sunlight coming straight wow. from heaven. At this point, the boys go what I call off book. Seven editions of the National Ski Patrol Manual plus the two and the updated editions of the Private Patrol Manual at Snow Summit. I know I went and checked all nine editions. It's not in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they put their hands on me and they prayed. Mm, and this prayer is really for all of us. Anytime I tell this story, and I tell it rarely, um, please understand that that's what it is. This is a blessing. It's a healing. The narrative itself the, it's not in the words, it's behind, it's underneath the words, and it's coming through right now. And so if we can just breathe for a moment and open ourselves and, and, and you know, open our bodies and just let it come in, we pray. Father, Mother, Divine Spirit, in the name of our Lord and the Savior, we ask just now for perfect healing. We ask for perfect healing for all who hear these words. And that this healing shall forever be a demonstration of your divine love, compassion, and will for us in our lives and in this world. And we shall forever be a witness to that. We ask that our connection be clear so that whatever comes forward is shared, transmitted, or shall be received shall be in service of the highest good. For this we give our love and thanks, and so it is. Amen. Um, and these guys, you know, these guys, these are Jesus guys. And, you know, I'm an interfaith minister. Um, I'm, I'm what we call a pantheist. Okay. Uh, all gods, one God, all beliefs are as good Source. as mine. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. So I know who I'm talking to and I know where I'm coming from. Um, but I also understand now who showed up and who I was working for with that day and forever since. Interesting. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, and, um, and so in that spirit, um, they now have log rolled me onto the back and it's time to fasten me to the board. So the next move is to bring my hands across my chest. Okay. When they do, they take my hands, my gloves, my park or whatever, and they, they brought my right hand in first and it kind of thumps as it does on my chest. And I looked up and I said, boys, I feel that. Mm. And uh, same thing with my left. I feel that. And it wasn't like I, you know, do it right now. I mean, I feel it thumping my yeah. hand on my chest, but was... if you can imagine like through a mattress, Okay. Like far away, but still there. Huh. I said, do me a favor, guys. Knock on my boots, will you? They knocked left, right. I picked out left, right. So like immediately following the prayer, um, you know, not it only had it stopped snowing and, you know, towers of golden light, but I'm starting to feel again. I can breathe and I'm starting to feel again. Um, time they get me down to the hospital. All right, so they bring me down to the parking lot. There's now 40 patrollers, staff, risk management, senior management, uh, my friends, my brothers, my sisters, all around the paramedic van. The paramedic vans are all guys that I know. The drivers and and, uh, uh, and paras are all guys that I know, men and women. It's all guys today. Uh, and the first thing they do is, uh, first of all, there's like this somber 
slow clap, just like moment of, oh my God. And people are just like, you know, hail the conquering hero yeah. being carried off the field on his shield. Um, Cause it was literally that. Um, took me in the back of the paramedic van, cut my clothes off, got me naked, realized that I hadn't messed myself, which is a really good sign. And let that word go out to the troops. And it went out to the radio and all over the big bear valley <laughs> that I hadn't made a mess in my pants. Uh, and everybody with a radio, and that's like 90% of the population of the valley was listening at this point. Um, and uh, they took me to the hospital. Um, and I could hear, you know, I mean, it's like I could hear the patrol directors and my closest friends and the seniors on the patrol and all that talking on the radio and how they were and how it affected them. And, you know, I don't have to go too far into that. And so, um, hospital, Dr. Green, Big Bear Valley Community Hospital emergency room. I get the first tests and first treatment. And I got to say, my medical care was first rate. And it's all part of this journey. It w I was supposed to get the best. All right? Um, you know, I work for it. I'm entitled to it. And I was in the rescue business myself. And I deserve the best. And I had great insurance. And I got it. Uh, so everything that was done on the medical level, bam, top drawer, first rate. Also part of the plan. Okay? So that side's covered. I get the first results back. Dr. Green comes in. He looks a bit somber. And he's got a file and stuff in his hand and the MRIs and, uh, uh, and x-rays and such. And he says, I'm not going to sugarcoat any of this for you. I know you're a professional, so I'm just going to tell it to you straight up. I said, please. He says, all right, you've got, a th you've, got three, you've got three levels of fractures in your neck, process fractures. You've got um, horrendous compression uh, to the point of rupture of three cervical vertebrae. Um, you, you have um, severely damaged your spinal cord uh, with a spinal cord contusion and you're currently suffering from incomplete quadriplegia and deep cord syndrome. Uh, deep cord syndrome is the RSD, the reflex sympathetic dystrophy of trauma related pain syndrome. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, and so there I am, I'm what we call in the rescue business freight. And I spend seven hours at BBVCH, Big Bear Valley Community Hospital, until they can finally get an ambulance up the hill and get me down to Loma Linda, seven hours. Uh, all that time I'm being, my hand is being held by my angel, Leanne Romero, uh, daughter of Judge Drake up there and best friend, wife of, at the time of my best friend, Paul Romero up there. Uh, great climber, another story. And um, uh, Leanne holds my hand through the whole thing, hands me off to the Paris to take me down the hill. Guys, I know, story of what has since been called uh, Miracle on the Mountain, this one, which was first published in Chicken Soup for the Soul and has been republished and restated every, you know, several times since, mm -hmm. this being one of them. Um, so they kind of got the news already on what happened and how I'm responding. And it's pouring rain when we get down the hill, snowing on top of the mountain, which is why they can't fly a chopper in or out. Okay. And um, heading down into an El Nino rainstorm. Um, so we get to Loma Linda, and they're unloading me out of the back of the uh, out of the back. And um, for the first time, I'm exposed to the sky, 
and the rain is falling on my face. Mm. And it's just the most amazing feeling, mostly because I can feel it. Mm. I can feel it on my arms, I can feel it on my face. And I look up at the boys and I say, it feels like I'm being baptized. And the lead Josh looks down at me and he says, uh, brother, I think you've already been baptized. Yeah. Uh, so flash forward Loma Linda, um, I'm in CCU for eight days. Baptism by fire. Uh, not cardiac care, uh, critical care, critical care. It's stepped down from the top one, uh, intensive care. So I'm in ICU and, C and critical care, uh, which are basically the same unit. I'm with gang members, uh, TA victims, uh, gunshots. Uh, I mean, you know, that's the crew that I'm in. This is hard, hard streets area. But Loma Linda is the premier uh, trauma center on the West Coast. It's the place we go. Um, and so here is where I'm starting to make my first moves, you know, doing the Rocky, uh, you know, on the parallel bars and starting to, uh, you know, move in a okay. wheelchair and just barely getting it going. And I've got the parade of family and friends and fellow patrollers and rescuers and everybody coming through eight hours a day. And I tell a version of this story because it's evolved since, since then. Uh, but of what was the seed of the miracle on the mountain. And I would see how they'd come in with just like terror on their faces going, oh my God, the yeah, worst like, thing has happened to our friend. about this miracle. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Man. Yeah. And, um, uh, and they'd see me smiling and, and laughing and scratching and telling this tale. And, and I always call it, it's a combination of spiritual epiph epiphany and morphine sulfate. Oh. <laughs> and um, uh, and it, it would change them. The narrative, the story itself, would change them, and they would know they would go away knowing that I was all right, that I was going to be all right, that something miraculous happened, maybe an actual, you know, identifiable, certifiable miracle, which it has since been identified as. Oh wow! Um, and um, uh, anyway, so Loma Linda, and you get the idea. Now it's the parade, it's the transformation, it's the healing, it's the first, my first going. Oh my God, I'm coming back into a body and I'm having to relearn everything from the ground up. One moment, please. You want to shut that down for one second? I know my phone's here somewhere. Oh, but I have a couple of friends with Florida numbers and that's why. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I only see sense. the 954 and it goes, oh, must be, but it's not. Got it. Um, all right, hold on one second. Yes. Dude, far out. Wait for it. This is Act One. Well, we were actually segueing into Act Two. Um, so now, eight days later, it's time for the ride to. Are we on? Yes, yes. Uh, yes now yes. it's time for the ride to Daniel Freeman Memorial Hospital in Inglewood, California. I'm talking down by the Forum and shit, man. Uh, this is some hard streets, but how I got there is interesting. Oh yeah, let me back up. I got to back up a step. We're still at uh, Loma Linda. Eight days in, weekend, whatever. <coughs> um, Fifteen MDs. One of them, obviously, the senior man behind the curtain. And 14 little sort of goony gremlin residents. <laughs> all following him in their, you know, like the uniform scrubs. And they're just like little green penguins. <laughs> and, and they all follow in His Majesty. Okay. I've come to know him as the Oracle of Delphi. 
Uh, and he that. comes in and he is, all right, wait for it, folks. He's the chief of neurosurgery at Loma Linda Hospital, the preeminent trauma center on the West Coast. Some would call this guy the dude. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the dude walks in with his with his entourage. Says I've been over your case. And uh, he says um, I'm right. He says I know the kind of pain. And I mean he, he he was up on the case. He got it. I mean he he knew what was going on from his point of view. And he says uh, you got three f process fractures. Uh, that's not so much the structural problem, the damage to the. Um, Ver the inner vertebral discs and the cord itself is where the problem is. There's massive swelling. We don't know how much of it you'll get back. There's no way to tell. You know, you got the good early care, but then there, there was a seven-hour lag between your last hit of solumedrol up the hill and what we did for you when you first came in here, so we don't know. And he says our recommendation is that we do a three-level cervical spinal fusion they want to take uh c34 c45 and c67 okay and fuse them okay okay that means they're basically gonna they're gonna laser them together they're gonna staple mm -hmm. them together I and i'll, I'll lose 50 percent of the mm -hmm. range of motion in my neck mm -hmm. oh you know but with physical therapy yeah 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 right bullshit yeah um altering yeah, yeah and yeah. i go i go Doc, I want you to know I respect you absolutely. And I said, I know that if our positions were reversed, I would no doubt be giving you exactly the same medical advice. But I got to tell you, something extraordinary, these are exact words, extraordinary, maybe even miraculous is happening here. And I want to see how my healing runs its course before I would consent to you or anyone yes. cutting open my wise, neck wise. and stapling three of my vertebrae so together. Wise. So wise. Right? So wise. And he looks at me like I've just slapped him with a gauntlet. I mean, like it's just, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I see this like, it's like a ripple, almost like a giggle through the residents because they just fucking loved it. I had just told the yeah, Oracle of Delphi to go screw himself. Right. Well, no, thank you. No, yeah. Thank well, you. yeah. In a, in a, in a very polite, professional way, I must say. Yeah. <laughs> but there's an undercurrent to communication, as you know. And so he took his he took his crew and and they skedaddled. Within the hour, Nurse Ratchet. No, she's delightful. But the nurse comes in with a clipboard, and um, I always call it Nurse Ratchet. You know, comes in with a clipboard, and um, she goes. Okay, well, you know, you've been examined and you're not consenting to surgery here, so we need your bed. So here's a list of hospitals. Which one do you want to go to? Oh, really? Yeah. Really? I am eight days away from being paralyzed from the neck down. I can't believe an, that. I, I can't peel an egg with my hands. And um, uh, she's handing me a clipboard. And I look at the clipboard. She hands it to me like this. She's holding it. And I go, I don't know. Uh, okay, give me a second here. And I go like this. I spin my hand around in the air above the clipboard like a roulette wheel. And I let my finger land at a random spot on the page. Okay. Okay. It's Daniel Freeman Memorial Hospital in Englewood. 
Okay. Daniel Freeman Memorial Hospital Inglewood happens to be, by chance, the closest trauma center to my house. Okay. Second, it also happens to be the second rated spinal care and stroke care neurological care unit in North America, whoa, second only to whoa. Johns Hopkins. Wow. Okay. Bam. Finger lands randomly on the page. Wow. Okay. Also happens to be a four and a half ride through a torrential downpour in Southern California where nobody knows how to drive in the rain anyway. Mm. So uh, I've chosen Daniel Freeman. Reasons are clear. I get in the ambulance for the trip to, um, to Inglewood. Four and a half hours, as I said, through torrential rains. Mm. You know, it's like monsoons. It is. It's actually monsoonal rain. Uh, during which time the pain meds wear off, I come to Daniel Freeman in a world of screaming hurt. Mm. They wheel me up to my room, private room, on the corner of the building overlooking the helipad where the trauma cases come in. Mm. <laughs> okay, it's this is the five-star penthouse suite apartment for a rescue wow, worker. Wow. Okay, because it allows me to do what I do from the window as they come in. Mm. <laughs> okay. And also, uh, but it's the best room in the house. They clear, there was room for two. They clear out the second bed. They're turning it private for me. And Nurse Gina comes in with the pain shot, which at that point is a lifesaver. Mm. And I go into the five weeks I spent at Daniel Freeman. Excuse me, four weeks at Daniel Freeman, because the first week, it was five weeks total at the hospital, first week at Loma Linda. My bad. Um, and so I'm going to spend a month now in the hospital. I don't know it yet. I'm still figuring my way. Um, and so they give me a wheelchair. And, uh, you know, the first place I visit is the nurse's station. Right outside my room. Right, right outside. Great place. You know, every, the whole stroke unit and spinal unit are around two wards, if you will, that are joined by like a circular hallway that goes through a set of doors. And you got the 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 brainies on one side and you got the spinies on the other side. Mm. Okay, and I'm on the spiny side and the brainy side is over there. So first, first person I come out and I, I meet at the nurse's station is Pat. Pat is a 300 pound black Baptist woman, a minister and a choir master, mm. all right? And we fall into a talk and we're laughing and scratching and um, I tell her my tale or as much of it as there was at that point because this part of it didn't exist yet. Uh, but you're, how functioning are you at this point? I'm in a wheelchair. I've okay. made it from my room to the nurse's station. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I can push my wheelchair. Okay. Good, 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 good question because when I came in they had me do a grip test, one of those squeeze-ometer uh -huh. things. And um, norm, my normal grip is about 110, 120 pounds. I'm a guitar player. Um, my grip was zero pounds, yeah, like breaking a sweat, zero pounds on the left, and minus two pounds on the right. How you get a minus two, I still don't know. Zero and minus two, left and right. But still, I could, and, and in fact, one of the first things I did when as soon as I could found I could push a wheelchair is I was making laps and I and it was sticky on the left and I still have a, a, a sensation there because I blew out my lat pushing the freeway legs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm training for the Paralympics on day one. Yeah, you, wow. Um, 
And so, and that brings us up a thing about healing, which is attitude and, you know, and um, holding for optimal outcome. And these yeah. are things that I later learned, but that's another tale. Um, but, but that's the space that I was in. It was happening naturally and organically. And then later I learned as, as technique and methodology. You understand? Um, and so uh, I'm doing what I call, um, so there's Pat. And I tell her my story. And the first thing Pat does when she gets into the part where I'm actually, I know what it means to be saved. It's not just like you get your head dunked under the water in the baptismal font at the beginning yeah. at the front of the congregation. This is where your heart opens and the spirit comes in and you reawaken and and you understand that your life is about something that maybe you've trained for but you've never fully understood or wrapped your arms around before wow. and so that's the space i'm in i know this this is like the most extraordinary monumental thing that's ever happened to me wow yeah and i and and i've had legion of those in my life but this one, as we say, uh, shuts down the category, Alex. Wow. I'll take miracles for 2,000. Wow. <laughs> uh, by the way, Marianne Williamson, author and chief proponent and teacher of The Course in Miracles, is one of the endorsers of my book, The Touch, Healing Miracles. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Marianne. So you have this experience in a book? Oh, yeah. It's, it's the first 42 pages of The Touch. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, and so let's see where we are. Okay, we moved to Loma Linda and Nurse Gina and her lovely pain shot. And now I'm talking to Pat. And she throws her arms around me and she starts praying in Baptist. Okay. And holy moly, those people can pray, right? <laughs> and I'm just feeling it and tears are running down my cheek. It's like being embraced by Mother Earth herself. Mm. She weighs 300 pounds. She rides around on a rascal scooter. She's there for pain management. They're breaking her off the pain meds. And she's doing the best she can to survive as a God-fearing Christian sister with a voice like spun gold. Mm. Okay. I mean, I'm talking, you know, Mahalia Jackson choir, choir master proof. Mm. You get what I'm saying? And so, um, so she falls in love with me and I with her. And she's now a keeper of the flame. And I'm doing my thing every day, which is I'm taught, rolling around in my wheelchair talking to people in all their different rooms. And we're swapping stories and I see once again how this story has an impact and it makes a difference and it actually has the capacity to so open like people's, people's eyes to their ability to heal and be healed. Mm. Um, because, you know, I have a long metaphysical background all my life and I've seen it in practice, but never in this laboratory of one that lives over here in this body. Mm -hmm. uh, everything changed for me in the blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. you know and that puts pressure on the moment mm -hmm. that's when we come to realize how important this breath is mm. how important this exchange with this loved one oh, is yeah. how yeah. important it is to keep our houses in order and our streets clean how yeah. important it is to, to take peace. care of one another yeah. you know every breath we take every you know not to you know, sorry Sting thank you Move, we make, breath, we take, you know, I'll, I'll, not I'll be watching you, but you be watching because you're right at the heart and center of a miracle right now. Mm. And we call it life. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, a, 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 another tape. Um, <laughs> but I'm taking it in and I'm giving it out and it's an exchange and a free one and, um, and I'm reaching spiritual insight that is is culminating confluence uh 
you know, like this, I, I finally got the centerpieces of the jigsaw puzzle. Mm. Um, and I'm witnessing everywhere I'm going, this phenomenon of healing taking place. Mm. And I'm starting from ground zero. I'm in the hospital and mm. I'm aware of it and I'm seeing it happening and it's happening around me and it's happening for me and it's happening for those around me and people are getting better unexpectedly and they're getting great lab reports and reports back from their doctors and awesome. it's happening and I still don't have a handle on it. Mm. Um, and so, uh, let me see. So I'm going to all the functions and I'm praying in the chapel and I'm going in there by myself and I'm listening to the choir warm up and if there's a bake sale or a charity drive or if there's yeah, you somebody, did, do, yeah, I'm just like all yeah. submerged, you yeah. immerse. And so, but one of the things that I do is I pray a lot and I meditate a lot and I go out into the garden a lot in my wheelchair and I put on a Carlos Santana Supernatural on my headphones and I would do wheelchair dance under the banyan trees in the garden. Mm. And, uh, and pray and meditate and visit. And so I'm out there doing a version of that uh, one day, a week or so in, maybe five days, I don't know, it wasn't long, um, before my first real true young, you know, my uh, we became friends when we were very young. I was like 19 when I met her, Victoria. Vicky uh, came to see me. And Vicky and her husband, Michael, had been my best friend for, de best friends for decades. Um, Michael was a grower and um, a purveyor and connoisseur of fine cannabis, even then, and um, considered it, be, even before we used those terms, a medicine and used yeah. it like that and worked with it. OG, like OG. Yeah, OG, yeah, you got it. And um, precisely. And so he, he was a curator, if you will, in that regard. And uh, had a lot of respect for him. Michael was a little older than I was. Five years earlier, uh, and Ju uh, and Vicky and I had been very close, in fact, intimate during a time when Michael and Vicky thought they weren't together anymore. So we shared this really kind of deep, oh, you know, background and relationship with one another. And she came to see me, one of the first in L.A. besides family. Another story. <laughs> and we're out in the garden sitting at one of those redwood picnic tables with this kind of attached benches and mm, under mm -hmm. the banyans an acre of green like this green space surrounded by Inglewood which is hard streets you know practically mm. ghetto before the big stadium I mean this is like you know forum days and it's hard down there but this is an island here we are it's green and it's peaceful and the mm -hmm. banyans mm -hmm. are you know a hundred so feet nice. wide and, and we're sitting there under the uh, picnic table and I'm telling her about the story that became known as the miracle on the mountain this one and I'm reaching the point in the story where I tell her about the six guys that showed up. Okay. And I said, Vicky, I know that there are angels. This is a quote again. These are exact words when I go into this mode. I said, Vicky, I know that there are angels in this world. And some of them wear red jackets with white crosses on them. And I know that there are at least six angels in this world now that I can name. Meaning my six brothers that responded up on the hill mm -hmm. and transmitted this. And um, uh, and then suddenly, it's just like, you know, it's not like a chill or anything poltergeist, but I had the feeling that someone else had joined the conversation. It's almost like they had sat down at the table okay, okay. Okay, and okay. had the sensation that someone else had joined the conversation. And I looked at, at uh, Vicky and I said, Vicky, there's one more angel and it's Michael and he's here. And Michael was her husband. 
Michael had died five years earlier from melanoma. Huh. Let me go on record as saying it's a raging bitch of a disease. Mm. It ate him from the inside out over five years. Mm. And um, I watched it happen, did what I, you know, we all did what we could. And, you know, I mean, he was a brother and we loved him. Died when he was 45, five years before this meeting in the garden with Biggie. Mm. And I, he, I was like, he's here. He, he, there's one more angel, it's Michael, and he's here. And for the next half hour, and I got to tell you, at least in the beginning and a lot now, these exchanges always seem to take a half an hour. Hmm. You know, or at least did. I mean, I do street healings where it's 15 seconds, but, you know, I mean, I'll be walking down the street, I'll do 50 people by the end of the block mm. now uh, because that's, I understand yeah, that yeah. there's no time, there's, no, um, no time or space in the field of light. Mm -hmm. um, but so Michael's there and he's talking uh, through me. It's my voice coming out, but it's his words, his thoughts, his ideas. Okay. Uh, what is... Um, um, it's not for us. I don't talk about what they said because uh, some of it was very yeah. personal. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, but what happened is in the last year of Michael's life, it got to be a horror show at their house. Mm. He was his brain was being eaten up. His organic he systems were gone. He was breaking down, and it got angry, violent, resentful, hostile, mean, mm. everything that you can name that goes dark where human beings in relationship are concerned. Mm. And when he died, it was not, you know, yeah, it was a tragedy. You know, one of the best guys we knew, dying young, 45 and all that. Mm -hmm. But it was also a great relief. Mm -hmm. And we put him in the ground. We said goodbye. And we dropped dirt and flowers into his crate. And uh, five years later, there's Vicky sitting in front of me in the garden at Daniel Freeman Hospital. And Michael's there talking through me for half an hour. And, and they got, what they got was they got to clear the debris and the pain and the suffering and all that resentment and hostility that went down in the last year and the violence. And, and they got to achieve forgiveness with one another. And they got, wow. they got to say, I love you one more time. Yeah. That much it's okay with them if I tell you. Wow. Um, and so now it's just like somebody turned on a light. It's like, and I come out of wherever I am, and Michael's gone, and um, Vicky's sitting across from me, and she's got makeup runs down her cheek, and 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 so would I if I was wearing eye makeup. I, I wasn't, but catch me some night late at night when I'm playing rock and roll, and and you know she's got the tears streaming down her face. I got tears streaming down my mine, and I'm trying to put together or assimilate what just happened. And she she says first thing she says is, "Do you know what just happened?" And I said, I do, but I don't have a context. I don't have a frame for it. Never, nothing like this ever happened mm -hmm. before. Like, it's you not know, a I vernacular. Gotta, the I language, gotta, I, I, know. you know, I still got to work on it, figure it out. I don't know. No, yeah, let me get back. You know, like that. <laughs> and um, and but I didn't know what had happened, and so that was as good a note as any to end this one on. And so we hugged and we gave a little smooch on the cheek, and she went on her way, and I went back up to my room and. Um, uh, I'm getting ready to go to bed. It's, I don't know, 9 o'clock at night. It's already dark or so. I'm getting ready to go to bed, and I say a prayer or two and get in bed. And, um, Michael shows up again. Mm. And it's the same sensation. And it's not like, you know, he's not an apparition. I don't see, you know, my old friend Michael standing there with, it's you know, like shackles of iron around his, his ankles. But, um, but the same sensation and the same inner voice comes through. 
and he tells me something very specific that he wants me to tell Vicky. Okay. And it's so specific, in fact, I figure it's the morphine. You know, or on any given day, maybe I could be, I could be judged as crazy, and maybe it's crazy and morphine. I don't know, but it's coming through, and it's simple, and it's it's, it's what you register. It's and yeah. it's fucking specific. And he tells me he wants me to tell Vicky. I go, oh, yeah, okay, man. And so I carry it with me the whole next day, big day. I get past my driving test and all of that again. Okay. You know, kind of a big day. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, sort of also symbolic, metaphoric. And, you know, so it's like I'm back on the road to freedom. And um, and I'm getting stronger every day, you know, blowing the doctor's minds, a whole other part of the tale. But also part of what led to this. This actually happened. This actually walking ha happened in the body of a, a walking, talking, living North American male human being. Yeah. All right. You know, I can take any part of this story and deconstruct it. Believe me, in the beginning, I did. I, it was it was too much to even wrap my arms around that yeah. it could all fit together and be that's truly miraculous. What, truly what miraculous. It is. That's you know. That's so the there's word a part of me it. that wants to know. Okay, I know how this happens, and you know maybe it wasn't severed, and maybe you know it was like spinal and, shock, and this yeah, and that. Okay. And of course, you know there was the morphine, and that maybe contributed like, to some, okay, okay. you know, all of that. Yeah. I can deconstruct it. So I just don't need to or yes, want to anymore, exactly. because taken as a whole, it stands as what it is, and what it is is a miracle. Wow. Um, so um, he tells me this thing to tell Vicky, and I carry it all next day, and I'm just getting into bed 24 hours later okay. when I get the call to give her a call. Okay. And so last call of the night, I, I dial Victoria. I say, hey, Vicky, um, I just, I said, Michael came to see me again. She's like, oh, yeah? Oh, cool. Yeah, just drop it in the box. Um, the tip. <laughs> yeah. We just found a dollar bill on the floor. Story's worth at least forty-two dollars. At least it took me forty-two pages at, to. Oh to my any, goodness! Anybody who knows who knows the the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy knows forty-two. Forty-two is the answer to all Got things it. important in the universe. Whoa! So uh, forty-two. You know, in the 40, <laughs> in the forty-two <laughs> frame. Forty-two. Yeah. Okay. 42. You just inspired me to write a book, okay. a forty-two-page book. I got it, man. Do it. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Uh, I got 42 page poems. Um, let me see. Wow. So, uh, where the freak were we? Um, somewhere along in the miracle. Oh, yeah. So, we just did Vicky, and Michael came to see me, and I did Vicky on the phone the next night. <coughs> just before bed. I'm in bed. Dial the phone. Vicky picks up. Hey, Vicky. Uh, Michael came to see me again, and he gave me something you wanted me to tell you. And I got to tell you, it's something that's so specific that I might be crazy. And I hesitated to call you because I didn't want to damage what had happened in the garden yesterday because it seemed so pure and pristine and real. And so my head kicked in and I... I, 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 I don't, yeah. Yeah, so whatever, protective instinct, you know, old ski patrol or whatever. But I'm moved to want to tell you this. And she goes, okay, what is it? I go... Michael told me, again, quote unquote, Michael told me he wants you to reread the letter he wrote you when the two of you first found out that he was terminal, the one you keep in the box under the bed. Mm. Not information I'd had before Michael yeah. passed it along to me. Yeah. She lost it on the phone. Vicky just loses it. She goes, oh, my God. 
Well, I know exactly the letter you mean. I do keep it in a box under the bed. I have not read that letter for five years since Michael died. And after what happened in the garden yesterday when I came home last night, the first thing that I did was reach under the bed, unlock the box, and read the letter again. No way. Right? No way. So, closing that, this is where I got this. Um, this is where the universe speaks to me and says, just in case, again a quote, just in case you think any of this is a coincidence, pay attention. Huh. So I did, I paid attention. Huh. Uh, next day I'm out in the garden again. I got my hands up to the sky. I'm in wheelchair dancing out to Santana Supernatural. Okay. It's the same as the moon. I'm going to want of the moon. It's the same as the emotion that I get from you. It's got the fun. It's getting so cool. Then give me a heart. Make it real. I just forget about it. Yeah, that's where I was. Okay. And uh, and I'm smoking fine Havana cigars brought to me by uh -huh. a guilty producer. You are, yes. Yeah. You're enjoying life. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's life. like, it's oh my God. it's It really is. I'm enjoying life. I mean, it's like every particle is radiant. Um, and... Um, so I want, um, um, I'm out there and I put my hands up to the sky like this. I'm holding them up, you know, palms facing me and fingers uh, spread like webs. And the light is streaming through the banyan trees and coming through my fingers. Okay, it's very cinematic. It's yeah, very Shawshank okay, Redemption. Okay, okay. only there it was rain, but here it's sunlight. Okay, love and, that. Um, oh. and, and I'm looking up through my hands and I'm saying or thinking, if it's possible for a group of guys to show up randomly on a hill and put six pairs of hands on me and transmit this kind of healing energy to me, why couldn't I do that for someone else? Mm. And the voice in the garden, as it's come to be known in my lexicon, the voice in the garden responds immediately, and it's a female voice, by the way, mm. says, what makes you think you can't? Mm. Mm. And I went, oh. Mm. And I spun my chair around and I headed back inside and headed for the elevator, just like that. And I got on the elevator and I went upstairs and I rolled off the elevator and first person sitting there is Pat. And I looked at her and I said these words, wait for him. I said, Pat, I need a witness. And we wheeled off down the hall toward Macy's room. Okay. Macy Bowden. The witness is, stuff is so interesting. I know it's pretty amazing. Huh? That's a, well, and I'm interested doctrinally in that. I don't. Sometimes I I want to deepen certain things that you're talking about and yeah. like delve into well, things. Like Do I you say, like that we, or? we can break things in, okay. but I think it's important to frame the whole story. Yeah, of course. I've been. Yeah, yeah. Because this is this is it. We're we're entering uh, we're entering climax now. Okay, so if you haven't buckled up already, folks, the captain has turned on the non-smoke, the no smoking sign. <laughs> I'm about to take advantage of last puffs. And you are now in the freedom of another country. Amen. Praise God and pass the ammunition. Uh, I'm not right wing at all, although I do have a 77th Airborne kill them all and take, uh, let God sort them out flag. It's awesome. <laughs> forms a great backdrop for music videos um so uh let me see hands up 
God says, yes, you can. I spin around having no idea what I'm doing. I have no training. I have no method. I've never been to a class. I, I know yeah. what any energy work is, but I've never had any. Uh, you know, I'm an old guard sled dog who throws casts on people. 550 times over 22 years, by the way, but who's counting? <laughs> you know, and that's what that we, that's what we call in a real this. literal practical sense, laying on of hands. Okay, wow. Okay. Laying on of and hands. That, and that's where I know I, I, I We've I, talked about Mormon. Mormonism's big it, into laying on of hands, big. Yeah, it's one that. of the defining... Uh, I understand. I got wow. it. Listen, there's a, there, I walk parallel paths, man. You know, wow. the, all of the spiritual paths are like a DNA spiral. Exactly, it's it's yeah. circling. It's circling. Um, okay, so so I meet Pat in the hall, and we're heading down toward Macy's room. Let me give you a little Macy. Macy's 85, 87, somewhere in there. Okay. Uh, she's black. She's Baptist. She's a choir master. Big mom. Big she's, mama. She's, she's a choir master. No, man, this one's oh, a, she's one of the toothpick. Okay. She's a female scarecrow, man. Hmm. And um, uh, she's weak. She, okay, so she got there six weeks before I did. Okay. She has not been out of bed in six weeks. Jesus. She has not done physical therapy. She has not kept up with her part of the deal. Mm. She's up all night. She can't sleep. She won't eat. She's lost weight. She's a skeleton. She's a scarecrow. She's the skeleton of a scarecrow. Uh, um, she's never visited by anyone. None of the, none of the family, none of her family, none of her choir sisters. Come on, are we talking Baptist Christian choir sisters? Where are you, girls? This is your choir master. Wow. Okay. Please, I'm a musician. This stuff is important to me. Wow. Nobody ever comes to see her. Wow. We've gotten to be friends. I've told her my story. And I, when I came in and introduced myself, she told me, I told her, I said, you don't have to introduce yourself. She says, I know who you are. She says, you're the miracle boy, the one from the mountain. So word of God now before I even got to Macy's room. And we became friends on that wavelength. Wow. And she told me her story, and I told me her, uh, her mine, and mine's unimportant, but hers, in a nutshell, is she told me when she came and first came to L.A., and she was working southeast, central, you know, the fucking hardest parts of the world. Excuse my French, but fuck it. And um, uh, she, um, she worked as a housekeeper. She worked okay. for, here it is, 50 cents a day. She worked for 50 cents a day. She would ride the bus to get to her work, and she would work a full day, and she'd make 50 cents, and then she'd ride the bus back home. She'd spend a nickel on the bus each way. So she'd come home with 40 cents for her day's work. And um, a beautiful Christian believer, God, radiant, uh, but like I say, skeleton of a scarecrow. And, And great wisdom and great joy and happiness but a deep feeling and a deep sadness in those old eyes. Mm. Wow. A uh, mm. mirror taught me a lot about myself. Mm. And so there's Macy, and we wheel in, uh, and Pat and I come in on either side of her bed, and I'm on my wheelchair, and she pats on her rascal scooter, and I come up on uh, uh, the, the uh, I, I wheel around on the far side, 
So I'm at her, excuse me, I come up on the near side on her right hand, and Pat wheels around the rascal on her left, holds her left hand. I say, Macy, I've been out in the garden again. She knew all about the garden. Mm. That's where I talked to God. Mm. And I said, and uh, God told me that he was going to allow me to heal people by putting my hands on them. I have no idea how she's going to respond. I've never said these words to anyone before, much less a, a white man talking to a black woman. And she says, um, not, you know, get out of me here, you stupid honky. <laughs> but, um, uh, hey, get your hands get off my motherfucking stuff. purse. <laughs> I don't know you. Yeah. She, but she says, oh, would you, would you put your hands on me, please? Okay. And I said, well, that's kind of what we're here for, babe. And, uh, and so next thing I know, you got to see this like frame by frame, like a Nickelodeon. We're rolling up her nightgown. We're exposing her bed sores. She's been in bed for what at this point? Seven and a half, eight weeks. She hasn't moved. She can't eat. She can't mm. sleep. She looks like Dachau, Auschwitz. Mm. Um, she trembles. She's, she doesn't sleep. Mm. You know, if she did, she'd be in night terrors. Nobody ever comes to see her. She's the soul of alone. Mm. Except she's not alone. Mm -hmm. She's never alone. Mm -hmm. She has her faith to keep her warm. Mm -hmm. And her relationship with the Christ is like none other. Yeah. And so there she is, and she's in her bed, and we're on either side of her, and we're rolling up her nightgown. And I go, whoa, 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 let's not roll it up too far. I don't want to put my hands on too much. Mm. <laughs> and Macy cracks up, and Pat cracks up, and so do I, and we go to work. And for my part, I just take off where the boys on the hill left me with the prayer that I shared a while ago. Mm. that this healing shall forever be a demonstration of divine love, compassion, and will, and all that. You guys remember, if not, rerun the tape. Yes, I come from an era when we actually had tape. Um, and um, uh, we worked for about half an hour, like I said, and I said, I noticed it enough to be a pattern that these exchanges in the, wow. in the, in the field of light would take about a half an hour when I was first getting started. Okay. It's, or, you know, I, I mean, the, the, the uh, archetype is 33 minutes. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, that's what I figured, 33 minutes. So I spent my 33 minutes, Pat, and I spent it with Macy. And I start with what the boys on the hill said with that prayer, and then I'm pretty good at improvising. So I started to riff on that chat and started to pray like I would and, and bring it forward. And, and Pat, for her part, is playing like a 300-pound Baptist choir master. And nobody on planet Earth plays, prays like a 300-pound <laughs> black woman yeah, Baptist choir master. Mm -hmm. And baby, she's got the glories and the hallelujahs and the amens, and we got it going on. And we got music and vibration and sound and goodness and light and God just uh -huh. coming through. And it's coming through this old white wo black woman in the bed and the, the younger uh, black woman sitting next to her on the rascal scooter and this old white scarecrow sitting right there who just took a big fall <laughs> up on some mountain somewhere. Wow. Just three human beings together in a room. Whenever two or more of us are gathered in his name, there is love. Damn, awesome. That's one for the books, children. And so um, you wonder why I became a minister? Uh, and so, um, Dude, about we have minister th stories. Th 33, oh 33, 33 minutes later, um, the light, the, somebody flips the switch inside, lights come on again, and I'm looking at two old black gals in some hospital room going, mm. damn, I'm tired. And uh, I go, ladies, it's been fun, but I got to go to bed. 
And we hugged it out, and I went and, you know, wheeled over to my room and crawled into bed, and I'm uh, going, and I literally, like, immediately asleep, like, before I got in bed, I was asleep. I woke up the next morning, first thing's physical therapy, I'm up working, like, da 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 Rocky, da 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 and then I come out, and I'm all sweaty, and I'm shirtless, and I got the towel around my neck, and I look like, you know, I look like that scene, you know what I'm saying? The one, you know, the one in the movie. I mean, I'm playing it. I'm playing it. Okay. And the PTs, the girls are just like, oh, good God, this is going to be wonderful. And, oh, yeah, so I'm, I'm milking it. And I come out of PT uh, in my wheelchair, sweating, with my towel around my neck, and there's Pat sitting on a rascal scooter right across the hall, across the door from PT. And we kind of wheel up together, circling the wagons, and we, you know, did you hear anything? Staff say anything? You know, did you hear anything from the nurses? Like, what's going on? And we're kind of babbling and, you know, debriefing in our little circle there. And, and we hear, there he is. And we both turn around, we do the cinematic double take. I wish we had Oliver Stone to shoot Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we're right I in the heart of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, yes. you got me? And we did the cinematic song. double take, and we go to the long lens, rack focus. <laughs> and uh, here comes Macy, who hasn't been out of bed in seven and a half weeks, walking down the hall, unaided. Mm. And her PT, young guy in his 20s, like Josh or Scott or Mike or one of those guys, Tony, is hey, Tony. You know, walking along next to her. And, um, and he's got, I think this one was a Josh. And uh, I usually remember details like that. Mm. And he's got the wheelchair. He's got the four-point. He's got the walker. He's got the one-point cane. He's got the gate belt. Yeah, legitimately, the gate belt is on Macy. And his hand is on the gate belt. But he's not holding her up. He's just he's there to break a fall if she happens to go. And she's walking her on, on down the hall, and, and we come out of that double take, and we're looking at her, and she looks down at me and Pat, and she goes, There he is, the power of Christ done come through Doug, and I can walk again today. Whoa. Wow. True story. Wow. Um, so that will change your life. I pray to God everybody who hears this hears those words in their life with regard to their name and not mine. That's why a lot of people call me Rev because I just became Reverend Matthew and then Rev. rev. On the Sanskrit, the rev. Sa Sanskrit side, I'm Somananda. Yeah, but I'm the Rev. I'm a guitar player, professional musician, and singer. I can rock wow. the pop shop, pop shop after midnight. <laughs> um, but this is the real thing, man. Dude. Um, you know, so if this gets through, which it does, and I know it will. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, bottom line is, oh, yeah, let me flash forward, because here's the real ribbon on this one. Um, short time later, within a week, oh, uh, believe me, oh, on that day, excuse me, I should have told you this before, it's like, uh, can we edit? Um, Macy was already scheduled to be flushed to a facility. She was on her way out the day before. Oh, we had the exchange, well. and then, she, but facility, God's waiting room, they're huh. sending her away to die. Huh. Okay, we need your bed, <laughs> huh. right? And so when she walked that night, it was a miracle for her medical career as well. Oh, wow. Okay, and uh, so several days later, I'm going to say a week, she keeps getting better, I keep getting better, and now it's time for me to be discharged and go home. Okay. Uh, so wife's on her way, car's coming, I'm about to go home, 
And I realized for the first time, because I'm so self-obsessed and it's my, you know, exit day from the hospital, that today is the day that Macy is being discharged as well. Okay. She is going home. She's not going to a facility. She's, She's going, going home. home. And I never saw a family member. But the last shot I have of Macy as I'm outside the hospital getting ready for my ride to show up is Macy's ride when I show up was her nephew, black guy, uh, driving a 70s era like a uh, Cadillac Sedan DeVille. Okay. A black one. Big, big boat. Yeah. And she's in the back like driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> and the window rolls down she got the big smile and the tears rolling down her face and she's waving and god blessing and her nephew is just like driving off like morgan freeman and uh that's the last i saw her i did stay in touch with her until she went on her way same with pat you know we stayed in touch until she was gone um but i'm still here and they live on through this tale as well and so here it is. Um, you know, we took a journey together. And, you know, it's like Aesop's fables. Yes, there is a moral to the story, children. Gather around and let Uncle Rev tell it to you. Forever the pastor. Forever the pastor. Not to underline, yeah. It's like Pastor Matthew in the house, chilling. Yeah. <laughs> Sit on down. Uh, we're going to have a Baptist old good time by the riverside. Uh, that's, that's, that is Pastor Matthew, by the way. Um... But here it is. Um, we're far more capable than we recognize, than we realize, or that we give ourselves credit for. We have an innate God-given gift of the ability to heal ourselves and to heal others. Um, I had to get hurt. I had to put my body through the greatest trauma of a human being's life, imaginably so. Um, just in order for the divine to get my attention and to transmit this message to me and through me. Wow. Um, we are in an age of great awakening. And I know I went off on this a little bit with Sky the other day when he was shooting. Um, we're in an age of awakening now. We're, we have moved from the age of, of of waiting in other words the age where everything is like blocked and obstructed and, set, and you like, know and, no, and we put those in underpinnings in place in how we set up our lives our careers mm -hmm, our jobs mm -hmm. our families our relationships deep, everything we've locked it down lifestyle. and we've been through this whole covid virus bullshit thing that has killed so many of us and taken so many of us away and my own fiance and my darling candace included um which I still believe is really part of a great schooling for us and for humanity. Interesting. That's another one. We'll do another yeah, we'll, one. We'll do another on one on that. But I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. What I do want to talk about is the opportunity that's present. We've shifted now, and it happened, the, the actual day it happened was December 21st, two, uh, 2012, when we experienced an event called Cosmogenesis, when the Earth passed through the center of the Milky Way, and we are in the midst of a planetary polar axis shift in terms of our relationship to the heavens and the universe. Um, you know, I talked about it on, on, on the recording with Sky the other day that there's mathematics to support the idea that at the end of times, <laughs> human beings will be flying off the earth oh. because uh, gr all gravity has to do is flip and all it takes is 50 point, you know, zero, 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 one billionth of 1% of a tipping point 
in order for it to happen. Whoa, no way. Yeah. There's some sort of like, it's like a switch. It's like exactly. a polar magnet exactly. sort of a thing. And so the, the switch has been flipped. But what it means in practical terms and in our lifetime is we've moved from the age of waiting to the age of being delivered. In other words, all of that stuff that we've been working toward and holding off and, you know, if only we could get this done and, then we you know, would, the big yeah. project. If and, only this you know, were to happen. And the vision, yeah, exactly. Be, yeah, the so, so here's the, old one, the one from Old Rev. The time is now. The wait is over. Mm. Whatever that thing is in your life, whatever you're here to do, yes. whatever that contribution is Be for you to bring forward, this is the time to do it now. Goethe said, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. yeah, he talked about boldness. He said, um, um, Be here now. Yeah, no, well, that one. Yeah, Ramdas said that. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. What, oh no, whatever you dream, you, whatever you can do or dream you can do, begin it now. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Do it now. So this old scarecrow has that to say to you. Do it now. The tribe is formed. The network is set. Everything we need is in our midst. Everything that you need to handle this moment magically, mystically, miraculously is in the palm of your hand right now. So let's rock the spiritual pop shop right and now. be who we are. Boom. Reverend Matthew out. Peace out. Elvis has left the building. What was that?